Welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is where we sample the talents of the most notorious chefs, home cooks, foodies, and celebrities that sizzle. Get ready for a culinary journey that you won't find anywhere else. Here's the host of Kitchen Chat, Margaret McSweeney. Hello, dear foodie friends, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney. I'm so glad you're joining me today, and we have a very special guest, the queen of the coop, Lisa Steele, and she has written a fantastic cookbook. She's the founder of FreshEggsDaily.com, and she has a great new cookbook called the Fresh Eggs Daily Cookbook with over 100 fabulous recipes to use eggs in unexpected ways. So welcome, Lisa, to Kitchen Chat. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, well, I have been just in awe to learn how many people out there in the United States who are raising chickens. The numbers are incredible. I think I read somewhere that 3% of people in the United States have chickens. So that's around 10 million people. And you have become the expert on (laughs) raising chickens. (laughs) And a lot of questions actually have come from some foodie friends of Kitchen Chat who are raising chickens and ducks. So I can't wait to hear those questions. But I would love to hear how you went from finance to the farm. Can you share with the listeners that story? Yeah, it's... It's been sort of a long and winding path, but I did grow up in central Massachusetts. My grandparents raised chickens. I had chickens as a kid. I was in 4-H, that whole thing. And I think when you grow up in a small town, you kind of feel like there's a big world out there and you want to be part of it, you know, when you're 18, 19 years old, whatever. And um, so I went to college, got a degree in accounting and went to work on Wall Street in retrospect, it is not where I belong. <laughs> you know, it was fun for a couple of years, but I, I just really never felt that, you know, it was my calling. I was never passionate about it or whatever. So um, I burnt out pretty quickly and through a series of events, you know, just kind of went through life without really a plan of what I was going to do per se, um, but ended up on a farm in Virginia with my husband raising chickens it was 2008, 2009. So it was the recession. A lot of people were getting into gardening and canning and baking bread, kind of like what happened in the last two years and purely started as a hobby. You know, it was nothing that I had any intentions of turning into a career. Um, but it, it just, people were so interested Facebook was starting so you could share photos and I started answering questions and, you know, I did have this background, whereas I think a lot of people, they might have missed a generation or two raising the chickens. Um, So I had this background in it and it was something that I just really enjoyed doing and sort of built this little mini chicken empire (laughs) without any real plan. Um, But it definitely is where I belong. You know, I, I, I kind of came full circle and I don't know if I would have ended up here if I never kind of left the farm, but it was nice to go, go away and realize that's where I belonged. I think there are a lot of misperceptions out there 
about eggs and raising your own chickens and eggs, can you help demystify the process of raising chickens? And and can it even be done, you're seeing, in the urban areas as well as the suburban areas? So if you could share with us some trends and uh, some tips on that. Yes, it, it is interesting because the last two years have almost seemed like 2000. 2009, like Groundhog Day, you know, a lot more people are getting into it for the first time. But a lot of areas are starting to allow chickens, urban areas, as well as suburban, rural. And it's really interesting because people do raise chickens in a little tiny backyard of a, you know, like a garden apartment, or they're raising them on rooftop gardens. You know, if you think about it, chickens are so small. You don't need a hundred of them to feed your family. You can have, you know, four or five. They can live in a coop about the size of a doghouse with not much more space than maybe like one of those dog kennel chain link fence things. So if you have room for a dog, you have room for four or five chickens. And I think that's really nice because just making fresh eggs available to more people, you know, even if you can't personally raise chickens or don't want to drive around your neighborhood. I would almost guarantee that you'll see a fresh egg sign because so many more people have gotten into it. You know, and once you raise chickens and you start with the five and you end up with 35 and now you have too many eggs. And so you start selling them. Um, I mean, it's, it's not hard to get started. It's not super expensive, although you do need to invest a little bit in the coop for them to live in and make sure that it's sturdy and, you know, nothing's going to break in and eat them all. But uh, other than that, you know, it's, it's not a huge time commitment, but it's very consistent. You have to be there to collect eggs and feed them and water them and let them in and, and let them out and all that. So it does take that kind of commitment. Yes. And it's fascinating, too, within the industry. Um, I know one of my friends here in the suburbs has, I like to call it a coop co-op. <laughs> I mean, it's a huge, a huge place for the hens uh, and the chickens. And really, um, uh, there's there can be an investment on however grand mm-hmm. or small that someone wants to make it. And what's great is what the return is. I think it brings you closer, right, back to nature. And, and instead of having to go to the grocery store, to the egg cartons, you just go to the, um, to the coop. If you could share with us, why is it that fresh eggs are so special? And how do they really compare to what's in the egg cartons at the grocery store? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think once you have started raising your own chickens or you get fresh eggs from a farmer's market or a specialty market and you see the difference, it's hard to go back. It's really hard for me to eat eggs out, you know, if I go somewhere or if I'm staying in a hotel or something. Fresh eggs are, the whites are so much thicker. The yolks really stand up. Um, depending on what the chickens have been eating, you know, if they've been out in the yard eating flowers and bugs and things, the eggs are just going to have so much more taste. The yolk is going to be super orange. Store-bought eggs are, they're just kind of, like, you just can't get excited about them for the most part. And they're a lot older than people realize. I hadn't bought eggs in forever because we have the chickens. And I've been doing a lot of demonstrations and things to promote a cookbook. And I knew I wouldn't have enough eggs because our chickens do sort of freeload a bit in the winter and we don't get as many eggs. So I had to go buy eggs. I bought six dozen 
from three different brands, two dozen each. And I got home and I checked the date. They were all over a month old. So I bought them. They might sit in my fridge for two or three weeks before I get to all of them. So I don't think people realize exactly how old store-bought eggs are. They can feed the chickens things to make the egg yolks orange and make the eggs look really good. And they can do all that kind of stuff. But one thing you can't mess with is how fresh an egg is. And you're never going to beat the freshness of an egg that was just laid, still warm, you know, walking into the house with it. That's something that you can't get from store-bought eggs. Wow. So if you could walk us through step by step, so in the morning or when, well, first of all, when do the chickens really lay the eggs? Is it morning or evening? When do you gather Mm -hmm. the eggs? Mostly in the morning. I, I, that is one thing when you start raising chickens, you really do kind of feel like a farmer because you have to pay attention to the weather. You have to be more Uh, in tune with sunrise and sunset because you want to put them in before it gets dark. And I mean, the chickens really do like to be let out at sunrise. So in the winter when that's, you know, eight o'clock, I'm cool with that. But in the summer here in Maine, the sun rises at like 4.30 in the morning and there's no way I'm letting them out then. So I do try to make them wait, but sometime around sunrise, you want to get out, open the coop up, let them all out. I just do a quick check to make sure everybody's you know, looking okay, and there's nothing wrong, you know, there's no blood, there's no whatever. Um, Fill their water, fill their food. I do check for eggs, they usually don't lay quite that early. But then mid morning, sometime, I'll go down and there will be some eggs, they usually do lay sometime in the morning. Um, And then in the afternoon, I'll bring them some snacks, some leftovers from the day before or something from the garden. And then another check for eggs fill their water and feed if they need a little top off and then lock them up around dusk. So it's not, I mean, you're talking maybe 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening. But of course, once you have them, you know, I, I chat with them and, you know, whatever. <laughs> it take a lot longer than that. But if I'm in a, in, a, in a hurry and I need to just in and out, it really doesn't take very much time. Oh, and they are they all named as well? Of course, yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> And what's the inspiration for the naming of them? Some of them, you know, as chicks, I just look at the chick and a name pops into my head. Others might be named, like if they're a French breed or like where the breed came from. I tend to go for like, I have a Violet, I have a Charlotte, Amanda, Abigail. Like I tend to go for sort of old lady fussy names, I guess you'd say. (laughs) I love that. I absolutely love that that so when you bring that warm egg back into your kitchen what do you do how do you store it how what do you do with the eggs that you gather sometimes I treat myself and I eat it right away like that'll be (laughs) breakfast but but other times you know when we first started out I was super organized and I had cartons in the fridge and I would write in pencil on the egg when I collected it and I did Mm kind of like a first in first out so I made sure I was using the oldest first and I guess that was my accounting background, but IFO. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yes. But, and that's really the way you should do it. You know, you should be using your oldest first, whatever, but now I just kind of, we have a whole drawer just devoted to eggs and I just put them in the drawer. Um, I don't wash them eggs just before they're laid. There's a coating put on them by the hen that keeps air and bacteria out and it keeps the egg from losing moisture. So that's the, the eggs number one defense to stay fresh, to not, you know, get germs inside it. 
And sadly, in this country, we're one of the few countries in the world that commercial eggs have to be refrigerated or they have to be washed to be sold. So all the eggs you buy in the store, they've washed that coating off. So those eggs need to be refrigerated. They're not going to stay fresh as long. They're not going to last as long. It's really very sad because if you go to other countries in the world, they don't refrigerate their eggs. They just leave them out at room temperature. So I do refrigerate ours though. I'll, I'll leave some in, in a bowl on the counter. Mm-hmm. You know, I bake a lot. So I like to have room temperature eggs. Eggs do last a lot longer if you refrigerate them. So I don't wash anything unless they're like super dirty. And then I use those right away. But um, I do refrigerate most of our eggs just because they're going to last seven times longer in the fridge. So it's a good idea to refrigerate extras. Perfect. And how long can you typically keep the eggs for? Long time. I have eggs that I collected in probably late September And then my chickens started slowing down for the winter. So I'm still working on some of those eggs from late September. I've only run into maybe two or three that have been bad. And I'm thinking there was like a hairline crack in them or something like that, that I didn't notice, but they're still good. They're not fresh, but they're still okay to eat. (laughs) That is amazing. Um, I know that in your cookbook, and we've got to talk about your cookbook, Fresh Eggs Daily Cookbook. There are some surprising dishes that you can make with eggs. And I think one that really surprised me was sprinkles. Can you share with us how you discovered that that technique and featuring eggs for that? Yeah, that is one of the um, kind of like the necessity as a mother of invention. We live out in the middle of nowhere. So a trip to the grocery store is kind of a big deal you know, I needed sprinkles for something. I don't remember what it was. And I thought, I wonder if I can make them. Cause I mean, you can make everything, right? So I started looking online and sure enough, you could make your own sprinkles. They do have egg whites in them and they're super labor intensive. You know, they take a very long time, <laughs> but it, it was kind of fun. And the nice thing I actually, after I, I talked to a couple uh, people and I, I think there was a reason why they couldn't use store-bought sprinkles. There was something in it, whether it was the food coloring or some preservative and their, their kids couldn't have them. And I was like, well, you can make your own. They're all natural. You can use like plant-based food coloring and then you can put extract in them. So you can flavor them with almond or vanilla or blackberry or orange or whatever to match the colors of the sprinkles. They actually taste really good. That is so much fun. I love Mm -hmm. that. Um, So let's also talk about the mistakes that people make when cooking with eggs. I I was surprised by some of those, and I admit I am (laughs) making some of those mistakes. If you could share with the listener what not to do. (laughs) I think the biggest mistake people make is they cook their eggs too fast and they overcook them. Cooks eggs cook super, super quickly. So you should cook them on low heat and say you're scrambling eggs. You should take them off the heat when they're still look a little bit wet and shiny because they're going to cook even after you take them off the heat and get them to the plate. And there's nothing worse than like when you go to a hotel and they have that tray of the scrambled eggs and they're just dried out, overcooked. Um, so that's one mistake people make. I think another mistake with scrambling eggs is they crack the eggs in the 
pan that's already hot and then start to whisk them. And it's going to be hard to get those clumps of egg white because they're cooking as soon as they hit the pan. So you want to whisk them really, really well before you even toss them in the pan to get a lot of air into them so they're nice and fluffy. Okay, I am going to start doing that in my kitchen now. <laughs> so what surprised you? Was there something particular that? Yeah, the, the, about the whisking, that surprise. And then also, I think I saw something about you don't want to season it before it's cooked. And I know that what I do is put the salt and pepper on it before I cook it. Well, okay. So that's sort of a personal preference because when you add salt to eggs, it weakens the protein bonds. So your Mm -hmm. eggs are going to be softer and they're, they're not going to be like, if you like curds and you like eggs that really kind of hold together, then salting them as you're whisking them probably isn't a good idea. The one thing you shouldn't do is salt them while they're cooking because it'll draw the moisture out of them. Kind of like when you salt a colander full of tomatoes or cucumbers. Mm. So you don't want to do that. So either salt as you're whisking, if you really like soft, creamy eggs, and then salt after your eggs are done, if you're more of sort of like a curd chunk type scrambled egg person. Wonderful. Thank you for these great tips. And I'm sure our foodie friends are going to write those down too. Well, speaking of foodie friends, I was so excited to hear from Chrissy. Uh, She was raising, once again, her husband had built this beautiful um, coop co-op, I guess, once again, in their backyard. Um, She has since moved, but she did have questions. She said, what do you do when the temps drop below zero? Because we're in Chicagoland area, and it gets really, really cold. And Mm -hmm. just a big question about the winter. And do you change their diet in the winter when they can't free range? That's a good question. We live in Maine, so our temperatures do go below zero as well. And the funny thing to me, a lot of people don't realize the difference between below freezing and below zero. Somebody actually asked me what the difference was before. And I was like, well, freezing is 32. That's not even cold to a chicken. Like chickens don't even blink an eye when it's 32. Below zero, you know, it's cold. And really all I do differently I put a thick layer of straw on the floor because it's a super great insulator. So it's going to keep the coop warmer. Um, If you have a large area and not a lot of chickens, you can also stack straw bales along the walls to kind of insulate and take up a lot of that dead air space. Chickens are really good at staying warm. They uh, emit a lot of body heat. So 10 chickens emits as much heat as a regular light bulb. Wow. So if they have a space, yeah, if they have a space that's the right size for them, you know, if you live in a in a cold climate, a huge area is not great for them. You should have an area that's just big enough for the number that you have. But they really do a good job of keeping it warm. I don't heat my coop. I don't have lights in it and it's normally about 20 degrees warmer than the outside temperature. So if it's 10 or 15 degrees out, my coop might be 35, getting close to 40 degrees, which is perfectly comfortable for them. I feed them scratch grains, which are just basically mixed grains, corn, wheat, oats, whatever, helps them stay warm. They digest them overnight when they sleep. But other than that, I I really don't do a whole lot different. Their chickens are pretty cold hardy, as long as they, they can have a place to go in where it's not windy, where it's dry at night, they're fine. 
Great. Well, good to know. I'm sure Chrissy will be thrilled to hear that. Another question that came in from Pamela. She said that you are her number one source for duck raising info. She has beautiful um, ducks that she raises here in the suburbs. She wanted to understand about duck versus chicken eggs, if you handle it all the same way, washing, not washing, that type of thing. That's a really good question. Ducks are kind of messy. They lay their eggs sort of whenever and wherever. So a lot of times I'll find them outside in the mud. They like to cover them up. They're, they're just ducks are, are sort of uh, mischievous. So our duck eggs, I normally do rinse under cool water, uh, rinse under warm water when I get them in the house, just to rinse off any dirt, poop, whatever's on them. Um, Duck eggs have a thicker shell, so they naturally do stay fresher longer, and they're safer. But yeah, my duck eggs, I normally do rinse off, and then I refrigerate them. But as far as cooking with them or doing that, I use them pretty much in the same way, except Mm -hmm. two duck eggs equals three chicken eggs. So if your recipe calls for six eggs, you'd only use four duck eggs because they're that much larger. Okay. And can you really distinguish a differentiation with taste between duck and chicken or not really? I I mean, people ask me all the time what they taste like and they taste like eggs. They're a little bit richer. They're they're higher in fat. So they're really, really good for baking. A lot of bakers like to use duck eggs. Um, And I, I have actually used them one for one. Like I'll pick out my smaller duck eggs and I'll just use them one for one in a recipe and that works fine. But yeah. I'd, I'd say they're a little eggier, but in your recipe, you're not going to notice a difference except things should be fluffier and rise a little better. Wow. And then do you have a favorite breed of chicken? I know you probably don't pick favorites, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually do have a favorite breed. I, one of our first six chickens was an Australorp, which is an Australian Orpington solid black. They're really calm, docile, great moms. They'll sit on eggs if you want to hatch chicks. They're really good layers. They lay nice big brown eggs. So I would choose them. We don't eat our chickens, but if you're going to also raise meat birds, they're big enough that, you know, you, they can use, uh, you can use them for meat or eggs. So I would say the Australorp is definitely my favorite breed. I've never had problems with them. And we've had quite a few over the years. I, I just really like the breed. And I think they're super pretty because they're just solid black. You know, oh. they're shiny. Well, the, so the egg are shiny black? or No, the, the chicken. Oh, the chicken is. <laughs> which breeds, because I, 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 this is a question I have, because you see these beautiful, colorful eggs. What mm-hmm. are the different types of breeds that have the beautiful blue ones? <laughs> collection. Yeah, so the there's only there are only a handful of chicken breeds that do lay the blue eggs. So okay. you have your Americanas, uh, your Aracanas, which both come from South America. There are cream leg bars. There's a breed called Easter Eggers, which they can they're a hybrid, so they can lay really any color egg. You don't know until that chicken starts laying. So if you got six of them, you could get one green egg, one blue egg, one pink egg, one tan egg. So those are kind of fun. Wow, that is so much fun. Lisa, this has just been so enlightening. You truly are the queen of the coop. <laughs> 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 and 
foodie friends, I'm going to put a link to her book, uh, The Fresh Eggs Daily Cookbook. Also, please visit her website, freshegsdaily.com. And is there any um, final words of wisdom you'd like to share uh, with those uh, foodie friends out there who are considering raising chickens at home? That that was actually going to be my advice. If you if you think it might be fun or you're interested or you're interested in knowing where your food comes from and and not worrying about it, um, starting a garden, raising chickens, it's it's really fun. I do have a ton of information on my website and on my previous books, and of course I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Fresh Eggs Daily. So look me up. We have a really great community, great people. We have a lot of fun. Oh, well, that sounds great. Thank you so much, Lisa. And thank you, dear foodie friends, for joining me on the show today. And I'd love to see pictures of your chickens and eggs if you're raising them. (laughs) And uh, we'll be doing a fun giveaway of her new cookbook. And always remember to take a moment and savor the day.